0: You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. On Wednesday, June 20th, the Washington Post gathered policymakers, healthcare industry leaders, public health experts, and others for an important series of discussions about what is behind rising healthcare costs in the U.S. and what can be done to reduce the burden for all Americans. In this segment, former FDA Commissioner Dr. David Kessler and Professor of Nutrition, Food Studies, and Public Health at New York University, Dr. Marion Nessel, look at the role chronic disease plays in driving up healthcare spending and how preventative care, lifestyle improvements, and better nutrition can help. Let's listen.
1: Terrific, come sit down. Dr. Nessel, Dr. Kessler, hello. Good afternoon. So I am Mary Beth Albright. I am the on-air food anchor for The Washington Post, and I am so honored today to have two titans of the industry with us here at Washington Post Live. Dr. Marian Nessel, professor emerita at NYU and author of several books on food politics, and Dr. David Kessler, former FDA commissioner. Dr. Kessler, Kessler is also a pediatrician, also a lawyer, and author of many publications on, on nutrition as well. Um, and today we'll be examining the role of chronic disease and the role that chronic disease plays as a driver of healthcare spending and discussing how preventive care and lifestyle management measures tied to proper nutrition uh, can lower costs. And if you have questions, as before, you can tweet them to us using hashtag health 202. So let's get started. Um, Okay, look. So trillions every year are spent on chronic disease, on rising health care due to chronic disease. And in 2012, half of all US adults had at least one chronic condition, and 86% of healthcare spending was for patients with at least one healthcare chronic condition. Um, these numbers have to be able to be reduced, right? And so your work has been spent on figuring out how we get to this, to the nexus between chronic conditions and healthcare spending. And so my question for you is if you, if you were able, because you also study policy, and if you were able to have one or two policies that you think, and n- no holds barred, nothing in your way, if you were able to have one or two policies that you could make in Washington DC about healthcare, chronic disease, reducing spending, what would they be?
2: Well, the first thing, uh, on the macro level, I would link agricultural policy to health policy mm. and set up an agricultural system that produces foods that are healthy for us. On the micro level, much better food for schools and much better food for child and child care institutions um, with a lot of support for that, universal school meals, absolutely.
1: Sounds like you're talking a little bit about the Farm Bill. You can't
2: not talk about the Farm Bill. Yeah, You cannot not talk about it because the Farm Bill is set up to do exactly the opposite of what I'm... It, it's not, doesn't, in, it doesn't involve health care at all. Uh, and the agricultural policy has to take health policy into consideration if we're going to have dietary approaches to prevention of chronic disease that work. We have to have fruits and vegetables cheaper for people, uh, more readily available... Um, so grown in places where we're now growing we don't grow food in this country we grow feed for animals and cars and we need to change that and grow food for people that's going to make them healthy
1: I have a quote from you I've been reading up on you oh, dear, of course right <laughs> agricultural policy in our country is not only hazardous to public health and the environment but also to American democracy Ah, yes so you know that quote.
2: <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds like something I would
1: say. <laughs> yes. And we just had uh, two members of Congress with us. What, how do
2: you connect that? Well, they're talking about a health care system that doesn't work for most people in the country, and both of them admitted that. Um, and if we're going to have, we, if, if we're going to lower health care costs, we have to have healthier people who don't. Use as much of the healthcare system, or need as much, and the way to do that is through lifestyle changes that involve—oh, it's so boring—diet and exercise, and <laughs> that's the problem. It's boring.
1: Well, Dr. Kessler, you've done so much research on the brain and how the brain reacts to food, and how companies um, work with the human brain to have it react to food. What would your policy be, or you know, any any other reactions to Dr. Nestle's uh, comments?
3: First of all, I think the problem is worse than we think. Uh, the more I study um, the effects of obesity, the real metabolic chaos that uh, that ensue in our bodies, um, I, I am struck. Um, There are diseases that are not even listed on the CDC website that I think are associated uh, with uh, obesity. Um, And yet, I think the answer, I think if we're honest, is we have no solution. We are clueless as far as what interventions work, right? Um, I'm not sure I know what to eat. I, mean, I, walk, I walk into an airport, and I see there's nothing. If I'm, you know, if I'm hungry, I can eat. And I think we have failed um, in giving nutritional advice to people. Uh, if diet and exercise were the answer, we'd all do it, and there wouldn't be a problem. It doesn't work in the long run. I could, could talk for hours on what's stimulating us what got us into this problem over the last several years. But I would go back to the basics. We spend literally billions of dollars throughout many different departments. I would go back to, to the very basics. I'd set up a national in, in the National Institutes of Health. I know, um, you know we, we try to avoid setting up new institutes. I think it's time to set up a National Institute for Nutritional Sciences. Um, I would try to get answers to very basic questions. Is a calorie a calorie? Can I eat unprocessed meat? Um, What's the basis of insulin resistance uh, and diabetes? Uh, What's going on with my brain? Um, I think we have failed uh, the American public uh, when it comes to giving them basic information.
1: When you say we, do you mean the government? Do you mean the media? Do you mean the food industry? Sci- do you mean science? Do you mean <laughs> the food industry? The food industry. Do you mean corporations that, that create food? Do you mean all of
3: these? I, I, I think we've created foods. I think we began processing foods in the I mean, 1920s, 1930s, in yeah. order to feed a hungry nation, to be able to ship sure. uh, foods uh, longer distance, safer uh, foods in some way, you know, foodborne illness. Reduce costs, And I think no one has a clue the effect of processing on human physiology. Something has driven the, all of us to get bigger and bigger. And we're leading the world. And we're exporting it. And it's coming from what we eat, and we don't fully understand it.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure we have to fully understand it. I mean, we know that. Um, the United States agricultural system produces about twice the number of calories per capita that the country needs, and those calories have to be sold. And that people started eating more. in Starting at about 1980, people started eating more calories, and the uh, number of calories consumed increased per capita by somewhere between 300 and 500 calories a day, and people gained weight. Not complicated. Some of that came from larger portions, and some of it came from food marketing and just pushing food absolutely everywhere. If you eat more, you're going to gain weight. I think we know what healthy diets are. They're diets that contain a lot of fruits and vegetables, um, balanced calories, and don't contain a lot of junk food.
3: So why don't we do it?
2: We don't do it because we're being marketed to uh, to the tune of billions and billions of dollars a year in every possible way and in every way that you described in your books um, about the way that that marketing reaches us in ways that we're not conscious of. So we're not even aware of the way we're being encouraged to eat more all of the time.
1: So don't you think that if there's that kind of money being spent on research by corporations, that it would behoove us to spend that kind of money on prevention, and that perhaps we have spent money on looking at prevention, because obviously prevention is less expensive than trying to treat these conditions. Um, And maybe we haven't come up with how to prevent or how to um, circumvent whatever advertising is coming at us?
2: Well, there are actually quite a lot of studies about interventions that work. I mean, there's a real interest in childhood obesity um, as the place where people are really concerned about it. And if you put restrictions on marketing to children, that works. If you have better food in school, that works. Um, Soda taxes reduce soda consumption. I mean, there are a whole stream of policies um, and catalogs of them that, when implemented, help individuals reduce consumption of the foods that make them gain weight. So Mike on Twitter asks, is there anywhere
1: um, you won't cross in the quest for... I'm sorry, I don't quite understand this question. Um let's go on with the with the conversation. Um, <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to understand what, what you know, Twitter. <laughs> um, uh, so so when I have when I have um when I have sugar and fat in front of me and I'm trying to control that part of my brain, Dr. Kessler, one of the things that you've written about is that you have seen people on weight control drugs such as Fenfen. And they literally have, they they will say to themselves, this is the first time I've ever felt normal around food. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've ever felt like I could control myself around food.
3: It, it was highly effective. Um, uh, it worked. Uh, it shut off appetite. Uh, we don't f- fully understand. And, 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 and it, it was profan- and. It certainly uh, acted on those uh, neural circuits, and it was profoundly dangerous. I mean, think think about it. I mean, first of all, so what are the circuits that are involved in eating? They're the learning, memory, habit, and motivational circuits. Right? That, those are all, if I'm stimulated, if I that chocolate chip cookie is here and has power over me, right? that's because of past learning, habit, motivation, those circuits are the ones that are being affected. I, have to, I can quiet down those circuits, but what happens if I quiet down those circuits? What are those circuits necessary for? They're not necessary just for eating. Yeah, right. So they're going to, you're gonna have to give me back five or six IQ points if I quiet those circuits. So that's why, I mean, I I just went, I I was at the American uh, Gastroenterology Association and the answer there was just drugs and more devices and more surgery. Mm -hmm. And in part, I mean, that's out of frustration. I mean, that can't be the answer Mm -hmm. long term but the, the reason why they're, I mean, they're back against the wall is because they don't have effective solutions to shut down our appetite. What's gone on that stimulated our appetite so that we can't stop?
2: Well, but I mean, you, the real question is what happened in 1980 that changed. Genetics hasn't changed since 1980, but people are eating more. What happened? I would say three things happened. Um, we overproduced food to a much greater extent. That food had to be sold. Um, the shareholder value movement in, uh, on Wall Street meant that food corporations, like all other corporations, not only had to make a profit, but they had to grow their profit. Um, those kinds, of, and we, we d- deregulated a lot of controls of on marketing.
3: Can I answer, merit? Yeah. We took fat, and sugar, and salt. We put it on every corner. We made it available mm-hmm. mm-hmm. twenty-four-seven. sell We made it acceptable to eat any time. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. We not only made it acceptable to eat any time. I mean, walk in um, to any place to eat. It's the way I have a good time. I can unwind. Uh, I can feel good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, w- we created, uh, w- what do we expect to happen?
2: Um, if you eat more, you're going to gain weight. But, but why do I keep on eating?
3: Well, There's something that's stimulating me uh, to eat, that's driving me to eat.
2: Well, what changed between 1980 and now that didn't happen before 1980 when the prevalence of obesity was much lower than it is now?
3: Well, you had the McGovern. You know the McGovern had his report. What year?
2: Seventy-seven.
3: And, and what did uh, that report say? Eat less. No.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: No. It, if you read that report, eat McGovern, less
2: sugar, eat less fat. The assumption was that calories would
3: go. No. The, 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 if if you look, it said eat less fat, eat more carbohydrates. If but eat less. That sh- report, but eat less sugar. Right. But it said, eat more carbohydrates mm-hmm. and substituted carbohydrates. We have, we're clueless on what's going on.
1: Right, but where we are now is that seven of the top ten causes of death are from chronic disease. Mm-hmm. And where we are now is that we're spending trillions of dollars in health care on chronic disease. Mm-hmm. That's where we are now. And so what do we do about that? Where where we are now? I mean, where what is the intersection between corporate health and public health? Because you have these corporations that are now built into the system of the way things work. We have a public health that is um, that is some people say in crisis, um, and we have a media who is trying to um, give people information. Um, and we have you two, who are scientists and experts, um, help us understand what to, what to do about this, some people call a crisis, about the rising cost of health care due to chronic diseases.
3: We have, we have to get very serious about nutritional research and take it up in quality. We have to figure out better methodologies. Um, we have to understand... Um, our physiology so we can shut down or quiet down our appetites without simply drugs uh, and uh, extreme surgery.
2: And food funding, nutrition? I would say say we need some policies that deal with the way food is marketed, produced, marketed, distributed. Um, and sold, that we need some policies to deal with that. I think lots of food, I talk to a lot of food company executives, and they all want to be part of the solution. They don't want to be part of the problem, but they've got stockholders to please.
1: And there, Maybe there's we food should... funding in nutrition research that you're not so happy about.
2: Well, there, there's corporate funding in nutrition research that I'm not so corporate happy fund, about right. because it skews the way the research right. comes out and the, the alcohol It's a study that just got shut down at NIH. So how can they be part of the solution if... They they, can make different kinds of products and market them differently. And they're looking at ways to do that. Um, But at the same time, they're caught because they've got stockholders to please. Sure. The
3: the fact is, there's something in the way we've been processing food, Makes that food so highly absorbed so quickly I mean, in, in essence, if you look at, you know, food is so highly processed, it goes down in a whoosh. I mean, it's like we're all eating baby food. And it gets absorbed so quickly, and and you look at the physiological consequences of that, right? I mean, they're profound.
1: We haven't even gotten to, you know, we we've been talking a lot about the chronic health issue of, Obesity and eating and um, excess alcohol, we haven't gotten to the chronic issue of loneliness and depression. And the immediate former Surgeon General has taken that on as his public health crisis. Mm-hmm. And how that factors into um, lifestyle problems, underactivity, overeating, mm-hmm. overdrinking. And so, I wonder, you know we have a minute left. Um, but <laughs> let's right. solve so let's talk about <laughs> let, yeah, so let's solve the issue of depression. Um, but I, I I do think that um, it's worth it's worth mentioning. and I wonder if you before we leave the stage, have any advice to people in this room, in Mm -hmm. various um, walks of life, and particularly to the media, about um, the way that we cover things.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say food is one of life's greatest pleasures, and you don't want to lose that in, in anything that you do. We have a lot of problems in society. Food connects to an enormous range of problems in society. That's why it's so important, and I think it's great we're talking about it.
3: Some of the neural circuits, and I know people will not, it doesn't come naturally to think about this, but that chocolate chip cookie has power over me. Right? <laughs> I start thinking about it, it becomes front of mind. Right? Yeah. Well, w- w- I can't shake that. Well, what's depression? What can't I shake? Right? I'm a failure. I'm no good. Right? Things are not going to get better. What becomes front of mind? I mean, they're, they're actually, they're both, they can be very salient stimuli. And I think I mean, in the end, I mean, we really, we need things that are better. We need better food they are going to capture us. There's going to be something more than I, than that chocolate chip cookie that I want. It's going to be, it's hard to get there. But there's something more than hopelessness. And I think, um, I, I don't, I don't want to get, The 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 rancor, the 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 anger, the political partisan, the the we need to we need people who inspire us to to give us hope to the better angels. You want to? I mean, you know, there are going to be people who are lonely. But you know, this has profound effect on what we're doing in this town, on our mental health. And, and, and mental health that affects all of us.
1: Thank you so much. I wish we had more time. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Dr. Marion Nessel. Thank you, Dr. David Kessler. Always a pleasure to see you. And this time we will move on to the next panel. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening.